If you want Colts talk all year long, you're in the right place. This is the official Colts podcast, giving you an updated look at what's new with the horseshoes. Gets off to Taylor. He's in. Touchdown. I-N-D-Y. Fires that way. Picked off. Darius Leonard at the five-yard line. Plants in the pocket. The Colts bring it down. A sack for Indianapolis. Steps up into the end zone. He throws. Michael Pittman. Touchdown. Let's get the podcast started. My Lord, it was loud in there the other day. It was loud in there, Lara, at U.S. Bank Stadium, Colts and Vikings. It was rocking, was it? It had to have been louder on the field than it was up in the radio booth. Oh, no doubt. I was glad that I had my like noise-canceling in-ear <laughs> headsets uh, <laughs> to be able to hear you and Joe Wrights on the call because, yeah, it was raucous, to say the least. And that's, you know, even when the Vikings were down 33 to nothing, that, that fan base, you know, that they, crowd. They turn was, on quick. They do. They flip that switch in the second half, and they come on strong. So that environment is unbelievable, and it was funny because my only previous experience with that stadiums for a Vikings game was preseason last year Mm -hmm. and it was loud then I I remembered how into it those fans were when it was like the second or third preseason game whatever it was it was a second preseason game last preseason and then this year it was just amplified to a whole nother degree because of everything that was at stake and that epic comeback and, and all of those things but Oh man, I will give it give it to those fans. They were they were in it, and they were certainly fueling yeah. that huge comeback for the Vikings. Well, I'm not trying to take anything away from the fan base, but the, the stadium itself, like the PA system, is insanely loud. That's got to be the loudest PA system in the NFL, just in terms of volume with the music and the sound effects and the horn and and all of that. So I don't want to take anything away from the fans because I, I think it's a great fan base. And, J.J., you've been there covering yep. the Bears. Uh-huh. I mean, the stadium itself is engineered to yes. capture the noise. I mean, it's not a very tall stadium. Yeah. So the the noise really has nowhere to go. So decibel level-wise, man, it's – I mean, I kept looking back at the engineers <laughs> thinking, is this as loud for you as it is for <laughs> me? And body language-wise, they're like, yeah, it's loud. They just kind of shrug their shoulders. But, I mean, that was – I mean, I know it was an epic game in terms of a negative, uh, from a negative standpoint for the Colts, but environment-wise, that was very enjoyable, very cool, and and you got to give props to the Vikings fans, which you're yeah. very privy with uh, over the years. The, there, that's a really good fan base, and when their team is good, man, I mean, yeah, I, I've been to games where that place has been absolutely bumping. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, it's a really cool. It's to me, it's one of the probably two or three best atmospheres in the NFL that I've ever been to. Um, haven't been to Seattle yet, but at some point we'll get up there. I guess you could say the the Vikings for Christmas gave the Colts a big lump of skull. Oh, there you go. I was gonna. You got to save those dad jokes for later, boy. Boom. I like it. How you feeling over there, by the way? You back? Yeah. For uh, recovery. So yeah, last week I had a, a stomach bug that was just awful and I was thinking about this last week as I'm laying there just like can't move can't eat anything and Zaire Franklin before the Colts played the Steelers he he came down with an illness he said he couldn't eat for a couple of days he lost like 10 pounds and he went out and he had like double digit tackles against the Steelers (laughs) how how I know he's got a world-class training staff helping him get ready for game day but like dude I could barely, like, get out of bed. You couldn't even lunge for the remote. Yeah, I couldn't even lunge for the remote. Zyra Franklin's out there tackling Najee Harris. Like, I, athletes are not like us, like us normal people. And this is just another example of that, where a normal person like me gets hit with a stomach bug and just can't function for a week. Zaire also can't function for a week, but then goes out and has double-digit tackles in an NFL game. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. How do you do it over there? You never get sick, Lara. Oh, God, don't say th- not well, on everything my right bad. now. My bad. Um, I don't know. I I I power through a lot. Like I just kind of I, it's stubbornness. I think more than it is like the immune system. <laughs> it's psychological. It is. You it's, are not it's sick. It's psychological <laughs> warfare, like with, with which, in my body. But um, I, guys, I don't know. This could totally be in my head, but. I have this daily mile you guys know about, so I have Hey, whatever works, works, right? I have run at least one mile every day for more than three years. And I swear that it has been one of the things that has kept me 
the healthiest because Mm -hmm. most of the time I'm running outside and I just feel like being out in the air, being in the elements, being in, you know, sun, whatever it is, whatever the conditions are, some reason. I mean, even when, you know, when I had COVID last year, thankfully I was still able to, it's healthy enough to be able to continue running. And, you know, in addition to, you know, modern medicine, I do think that just kind of that and being active uh, had something to do with everything being really mild. And I can't think of a time I've really been taken out in in quite a while uh but but yeah i don't know i'm not sure i also think part of the factor is i don't have children at home so like you guys you know you guys yeah. get, get a lot of some kids Sat- saturday night into Pike sunday down, matt taylor there's a <laughs> too soon there is, too some soon. Kids. <laughs> there is a clear reason why i caught the stomach bug and it was because saturday night we went to a wedding in chicago we got back from the wedding to our hotel and like almost immediately, one of my kids started throwing up. Mm. So we took him and put him in our bed. We had a, a suite in the hotel. Put him in our bed, and he's just laying next subtle, to me, breathing on there. me. <sighs> <sighs> yeah, and like I mean, and then he's you know throwing up into a towel, and like my wife and I are holding the towel. And, uh, uh, yeah. It was like very clear how I got it. it. There was no mystery as to why I caught the stomach bug from my child who was just breathing on me all night. Oh man! So wait, well, the kid was throwing up, and back. then you still put him in the bed with you? Because I mean, he was going to be. He was in. Well, his you're pack. in a hotel. He was, he's got nowhere to go, right? right. Yeah, he's in his. Uh, Let that kid sleep in the bathtub. It's easier for him to puke. <laughs> well, he wouldn't. He wouldn't sleep in the bathtub, and it was just a lot easier for us. I he, slept it in was the like every was thirty it? minutes. He hold was on. up. Do you remember this? May take a couple years ago. Uh, one of the players <laughs> well, was telling wait, us. Hold up. Wait, preseason preseason game. They had guys who were like sharing rooms together, and one of the guys was saying whoever he was rooming with during the preseason game was snoring so loud he went and slept in the bathtub. <laughs> I can't remember which player this is. Yeah, probably like two rookies. That had to shack up exactly. together, right? It was. It was. One of the guys during a preseason game was sleeping in the top. I recall bathtub. the story, but not I know yeah. who that was. I'm gonna have to do some digging. I'll give a follow up next week on it. But, but what I, you said earlier, going back to like you, you think whatever you're buying into, like if you think the daily mile is keeping you healthy, then it is, right? It's like that It's that Kevin Costner line from Bull Durham. Like if you think you're hitting 300 because you're wearing ladies' underwear, then you are, right? I like it. Well, JJ, it's good to have you back. Lara, great to have you here. Stay healthy. Again, knock on wood. I don't want to jinx you or anybody else. Three games to go for the Colts, so we need a healthy broadcast crew and a writing contingent there from JJ. Hey, only one of those games is on the road, too. We that's got right. two one home games. Go. That's that's nice one to have to go that on home the road. stretch. No question about it. It's going to be cold there in New York on New Year's it Day. It doesn't look that bad. No. no? Yeah. I looked ahead. It's like low to mid-40s. Yeah, maybe a little rainy. They but a little rainy. That's like yeah. two weeks out. How, how, how do they know that? Oh, Weather Channel. Is this like race yeah. day? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Like the month of May, you know, they're, they're predicting race day weather five months away. And I cross-referenced. Do you know uh, yeah. <laughs> Have you ever seen the commercial with, with Brian Wilkes, my guy from Fox 59, where he's got the file cabinet and he's like, I go back into the archives. I've got this file cabinet of the weather. That, yes. yeah. That's what I did. Yeah. I just jumped into Wilkes' file cabinet. Yeah, pull, the, pull that file out for New Year's Day <laughs> yeah. 2023. Yeah, it's not I need looking to know. that bad, honestly. All right, yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. Also, really quickly on that note, um, we're going to have New Year's in new jersey mm-hmm. so if any of our listeners are privy to new jersey's new year celebrations let us know because we have no idea and what we're do doing not, like, do not yeah. suggest there an all hey, you why, didn't somewhere? Just pop over yeah. to, why didn't you just pop over to times square no That'll no be easy. no is there somewhere around the jersey area we could grab a little dinner have something low-key i don't know like can't wait to I think those college <laughs> games are that night as well are they not uh those yeah, college yeah. ohio state games? and georgia i think there is the go. night game you oh, know yeah. me yeah. you know me hunker down get some room service watch some ball right there are you guys ready for the holidays quickly before we uh, transition into the Colts? Larry, you got all your shopping done, all your um, wrapping done? Oh, no. I haven't even started wrapping. Um, Did you have your one, your holiday moment? No, I the- haven't. Uh, th- I'm glad you asked because I started strategically thinking about this. It's going to have to be Wednesday or Thursday that, that I'll go and have my holiday moment where I it sounds so sad. It's when not. I, say I, think it. it's, like, I think it's not. Yeah. It's, it's kind of sad. <laughs> it's a little sad. I, well, okay, so here's the thing. Anymore, you don't do a whole lot of shopping, or at least I don't, like storefront brick and mortar, right? A lot of it is, is online purchasing, aside from a, some local shops that I like to go to. But I still like to get into like the hustle bustle of the, the season. Why? Like, Why? Don't do it to yourself. Why would you want to do that? Because I have a hard time getting in the Christmas spirit. Like, okay. you know... I, I am like uh, I, the, I sent you so guys. So you just want to stress yourself out? Is that it? You just want to no, go feel stressed for a few days? I think it's 
few minutes. It's just fun to see people like out. I think it's fun for things to be crowded and you just you, you see people who are together and they're shopping and there's like that palpable excitement the five days leading up to like Christmas. So I just like to go and like be out in it because, right. you know, we don't really go out and do because it's, you know, me and my husband in the tugboat. Uh, so, you know, you guys with kids do the holiday activities. You go see Santa. Maybe you go see Christmas lights. You do those things. Maybe you hit up the Chris Kendall market, like mm-hmm. whatever it is. When you're a childless adult, you don't really do a whole lot of things that kind of get you feeling festive. We you did go, go to ice a ho- skating or something. Have we not just talked about I've kept myself healthy? I'm not going to risk that by tearing an ACL, busting my ass, going ice skating, right? Especially in front of, kind of and there, there are people with eyes at skating rinks who can see this happen. So I don't know. This is the way I get in spirit. I go to the mall. I do like a little last minute shopping. Maybe I buy myself a little slump phone. And then you, I treat yourself. Treat yourself. And then I just belly up and have a you know good glass of red wine at the bar and i go through my little santa's checklist and, to and make sure don't I talk everything. to lara while she's decompressing at the <laughs> barn with her wine that's her time all right that's her time no i actually end up don't talking approach to a lot her of don't try to get a selfie or an autograph that's her <laughs> no, time leave her alone it's fun because you actually do end up like having nice conversations with with people who are <laughs> yeah. kind of finishing up their shopping or what I, it's always it in it, it is inevitably like the guy who is last minute shopping like trying to buy his wife something, you know, because yeah. it's like you what know, the, stores open right, right now, and he's like sitting there and he's like, "What? What do you think? I was gonna go over here and do this, so yeah. I don't maybe know, I'll I'll get like... to this frame picture of Yankee Stadium <laughs> that she'll like this year." <laughs> <laughs> you know, go to the, the classic, you know, the stereotypical sports memorabilia yeah. yes, store in the mall. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's like, you know, maybe I'll go to the, the Mac store. She's been talking about yeah, wanting she needs an a Apple, new uh, but, She needs know? a new charger this yes. year. You know, that thing says, I love you with the juice. Right. And I'm like, Lululemon is right down the corridor. Head over yeah, there, buddy. That's, that's you that's got the it. Call. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's great. That's what I do. So either Wednesday or Thursday. All right. I think I got to gotta get that in. Well, send so we, us a we, selfie we, so we Thursday. know. So we've been watching, speaking of Thursday, so we've been, you know, starting to watch some Christmas movies to get into the the spirit yes. of the season. We watched and, Scrooged the other night. Uh, nice. Uh, yeah, and so then like, Home Alone. We, we've got like Elf on deck, or we watched Elf last night, and then we're going to do like National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Did, the, like, did the Stank Twins like Elf? Uh, they no. They, these are after the boys go down. They, oh, they can't. They don't okay. have the attention span to watch movies. Got it's it. a whole thing. Okay, uh, same. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so we're going to watch these things, but I'm like, Thursday, I don't think I want to watch a movie because I want to watch Jets-Lions. That's a huge game. Jets-Lions is a Thursday game? Sorry, Jaguars-Lions. Jaguars-Jets. Jaguars-Jets, yeah. Jets. yeah. Also, a, still a huge game. That has big AFC implications. Jaguars went out there in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm buzzing for that game. Jets are in wild card position. Can you, If you would have told me four months ago... Hey, that week before Christmas, that Rams-Packers game won't mean anything, yeah. Yeah, but that, Jaguars-Jets right? right. will have huge playoff implications. This yeah. weekend was Bizarro wild. World. There yeah. were Bizarro. so many crazy things that happened. I mean, Jags beating the Cowboys. Houston gave Kansas City all they could handle yep. in that game. I mean, I was kind of laughing to myself. I was at home, and I got ready to tweet it, and then I just didn't. And I was like, yes, because what this weekend needs is more overtime. Like, come on, yeah. you know? Well, like, and, then, and then the Patriots-Raiders game should have gone to overtime. Oh, my God. How many times play. have you watched that, that clip? I've watched it 50 times. That was the greatest thing in oh the history of the NFL. Also, the most, what are you doing? Mate, if you're, if you're on the radio call for the Raiders, like, how, are you just, like, indiscriminately yelling I'm just, as Chandler Jones just like, puts Mac Jones six feet well, under? First, first of all, the first thing that I, I do watch games – and I do always in the back of my in the back of how my head think I, yeah. like how would I describe that? The first thing that that came to my mind was is that an interception? I don't <laughs> I don't I mean because it caught a pass right, but it's a backwards pass, it's a lateral, so it's like in the moment I'm like and it's intercepted. Well, it's not really intercepted. Mm-hmm. He just caught a lateral pass, but I I probably would have said picked off and then just trucks. Uh, you know, Jones and, and, you know, runs 40 yards to the end zone. He's unbelievable. Jones on Jones crime, right? It's unbelievable. I mean, that was the, the, the worst, most pathetic attempt on a tackle in a big moment situation I've ever seen that was by the, the quarterback. The, in, in, for my money, that was the second worst way I've ever seen a team lose a game. Behind, you remember when the New Orleans Saints had that, like, 15 lateral play against the Jaguars like 20 years ago yeah. to go tie the game, and all they needed was the PAT when PATs were, like, 14 yards. Oh, yes. no. And the kicker Shame. missed the PAT yeah. to no. lose the game. Wow. Yeah, there was there was a lot of wildness this you, weekend you know, in the one NFL. Thing, though, Texans one, almost beat the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, one of the things, though, looking to that Patriots-Raiders game, 
I just respect the heck out of Jacoby Myers taking all the questions and totally owning it and saying, I just tried to be a hero. And like, who, who cannot empathize with that? Like Mm -hmm. you you get, you get caught up in the moment. You're trying, you're trying to go for the win. You are trying to bring your team back. Like I just really respected how he handled himself in the locker room. I don't know if you guys were following on social. There are, you know, a lot of kind of contentious, you know, locker room exchanges Mm -hmm. over different games this weekend. But I thought Jacoby Myers was just a complete pro over it and, you know, very humble about the whole thing and um, was not at all, you know, combative or defensive. Like just the way that he handled the whole thing. I I thought thought was really, really classy. So same thing to our guys in our locker room. You know, this past week, just looking back to Saturday night. That was one of the tougher environments I've walked into in a locker room, and don't get me wrong, I've walked into a lot of tough ones so far this season, but um, the guys who I spoke with, um, really grateful for them, their honesty, their candor, and it was a really devastated, broken locker room uh, Saturday night in Minneapolis, for yeah. sure. Yep. All right, well, this is the official Colts podcast, brought to you every week by WinBet. JJ's back, Lair Overton, I'm Matt Taylor. A uh, lot to get to on the podcast today. Obviously, Lara just kind of prefaced it with uh, discussing the fallout from the historic loss for the Colts to the Vikings. We're also going to break down the areas that the Colts can build on heading into next season as they sit well out of the playoff picture here at the moment. And we'll discuss the Colts players that we think will make the Pro Bowl and the players that are also in the running for the NFL's All-Star Game and Unfortunately, when you talk about uh, there's the the haves, the guys that do make it, and then there's snubs. So who is in the the bucket that could potentially be snubbed for the Colts? So we're sitting here at four nine and one. Uh, the Colts unable to hold on to that thirty three point halftime lead, the largest blown lead in NFL history. Unfortunately, the Colts have dropped four in a row, seven of their last eight. Colts are not mathematically eliminated just yet from the playoffs thanks to four straight losses by the Titans, but they're on the verge of missing the playoffs for the sixth time in the last eight years. Before we get into what we just described in terms of the agenda, as we sit here and talk right now, by the way, we're taping this on Tuesday morning, a bit of uh, national news regarding the Colts, according to several reports that I have on my phone, guys, one of them coming from the NFL Network, the Colts are placing running back Jonathan Taylor on injured reserve due to that ankle injury that he sustained on Saturday in Minnesota. Nothing official just yet from the team, but this was rumored to be uh, the case yesterday as well from the NFL Network. So it appears, guys, that Jonathan Taylor's season is over with three games to play. Lair, what do you make of this move? Do you think it's the right move considering where Taylor is and where the Colts I do, are? I do. Well, being down on the sidelines, too, I obviously saw him go into the tent and was covering that during the first quarter after he went out of the game. And then took they took him to the locker room, so was following the storyline. And then I noticed at halftime he never came back out of the locker room. So, to me, that was the first indication that this was going to be pretty severe, the fact that Often, if injuries are pretty minor, but a guy's ruled out, he'll change into his sweats and then still, you know, sweats, tennis shoes, could still come back out to the bench. JT never left the locker room. So to me, that indicated that he was receiving some further attention and some treatment and things that required him to stay off the field. So to me, that was the first, you know, I don't want to say red flag. That seems a little severe, but just the first indication that this was going to be something rather extensive. Then, as we were preparing to go into the locker room, JT came out with a boot on his right foot and was put onto a cart to be driven because it's kind of a long walk for those of you who uh, you know know the stadium. You have to enter it one side, walk all the way across the field to get to the tunnel where the Colts come in and out where their locker room is. So it is a rather lengthy walk. So JT was carried or you know carted off and driven over to the bus to depart out the opposite side. So that was the other indication to me when when I saw that visual, you know. So I think it's the right call. I mean, there's there's no reason to rush him back or force him back given, you know, the situation that you were in. You're better off allowing him to get healthy and come back full strength so he's ready to go for OTAs and minicamp and for that spring period. I also think this is a great opportunity to see what you have in the other guys on this roster. What can Deion Jackson do for you? What can Zach Moss do for you? I thought we saw some really impressive things. I thought we saw some flashes from Zach Moss in that game against the Vikings when he had opportunities, Mayte. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited for, for Zach 
to see what he can bring to that running game. And Deion Jackson as well. I mean, Deion has had some, I think about the, the week he got the angry runs, you know, was uh-huh. recognized by Good Morning Football uh, for his game earlier this season. So I think that those are two guys that you would like to get a little more tape on before you hit, head into a critical off-season period of evaluating this roster. And then they just uh, elevated Jordan Wilkins to the active roster from the practice squad. I love Jordan Wilkins. He's a guy the Colts were very high on when they, you know, um, he was a draft pick, right? Yep, fifth right? rounder yeah. in 2018. Yeah. So, you know, he's a guy who's been around this organization a lot. He kind of has a second chance, if you will. So I think this is a great opportunity and a deserved opportunity, too, for Jordan, who's been big in some games for you in previous seasons. Yeah, I mean, Zach Moss, is he's under contract next year. Deion Jackson, same thing, under contract next year. And you might as well get a look at these guys while mm-hmm. you got them. I thought Moss, the, the final numbers don't really bear it out. He had 24 carries for 81 yards. Um, but when he got downhill and he got the, – like the line got some push and created a little hole for him, I thought he was able to churn, you know, what might have been a two-yard gain into a five-yard gain. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a pretty tough downhill runner. Kind of like to see that out of him. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's an opportunity for all these guys because none of them, while, yes, you know, they're under contract for next year, none of them are guaranteed a spot on this roster. Um, so, you know, good opportunity for them, and we'll, we'll kind of see where it goes. Going back to Taylor, J.J., what are some things, I mean, now that his season is over, reportedly, what are some things that, that tell you that Taylor can still be the same guy next year as he was in 2021, right, when he led the NFL in rushing 1,800 yards and the club record with uh, rushing touchdowns. What what tells you that he can still be that guy if the variables around him can change? Yeah, I think that's that's the key right there, Matt. Can the variables around him change? Because, you know, he he's someone who you still see the explosiveness. We saw it on that run uh, against the Las Vegas Raiders where, you know, he got that hole, he got the burst, he got one-on-one on the DB and he hit it really hard. Um, but, you know, Jonathan Taylor this year, if you look at some of the stuff that uh, Pro Football Focus tracks about yards before contact, Jonathan Taylor this year, t- uh, 1.4 yards before contact is his average. Last year that average was 1.7, so it hasn't totally dropped off, but you're seeing defenses play him a lot different just with some of the five-man fronts that you're getting um, and, and getting linebackers on him a little bit more, the the Colts are going to need to probably tweak whatever run scheme they have uh, with you know whatever the right. offense, whatever the coaching staff looks like next year, which is another huge question. No doubt, you can still build this offense around Jonathan Taylor, but it, you probably need to have some scheme tweaks to yeah. uh, unlock him again next and, year. And Larry, he's going into a contract year, and so that's going to make this offseason all that more interesting because even with this season being what it was for Taylor with the injuries and the ball security issues at times, he has, I mean, I think we can all agree, everybody can agree, he's far exceeded his rookie contract. And I think that's what you know the Colts like to do. When a guy outplays his value, then the contract talks really heat up. But this is just hypothetical or just rhetorical do you re-sign a guy before you have to and do you re-sign a player before you have to at that position he plays running back and you hate to say that but at the end of the day in this league running backs are a position that that do get devalued even though Jonathan Taylor's Jonathan Taylor and primarily last year proved in in 2021 he's not just your run-of-the-mill running back he's a game changer Mm -hmm. he's that home run hitter that big play guy the Colts desperately need in that offense I think it's it's a very interesting conversation because so far Chris Ballard has leaned into extending a lot of guys and he has a philosophy of rewarding your own right Mm -hmm. And, and investing in your own investing in the guys who you've brought in and drafted so it's going to be an interesting philosophy with all of the different needs that the Colts will have to address in the offseason do they have that luxury because you've tied up a whole lot of money in other contract extensions already when you look at Quentin Nelson and Shaq Leonard and Braden Smith and you know different guys who were and you did it with uh, Naeem Hines and you did it with Naeem Hines yes exactly so I think it will be interesting though with how much you've invested and locked up for long-term situations if you do have that viability 
to do that at this juncture, given a lot of things that are going to have to happen. Then also, you know, within the the organization itself and the philosophy of the incoming, you know, head coach and what mm-hmm. Chris Ballard wants to do with yeah. his vision moving into 23. And Michael Pittman Jr. Is I in thought the about same that boat. as well. Yeah. You know, it, it, you, can you extend both of them this off season, or do you yeah. need to pick and choose? based on where you are financially, that's going to be a, a big question, certainly over the next couple of I months. I do think if you have a philosophy of building, you know, building from the trenches, right, and all of that, um, what good is it to have really good front play without a running game to complement that? You know, what what is that returning for you mm-hmm. if you have all of this invested in, in those lines, defensive and offensive, but you're, you obviously have to get production in your run game to complement that offense and what you've done there uh, with those front five. All right, I want to double back. That's the breaking news, if you will, on Jonathan Taylor. Let's double back to this Colts team. How are they going to respond? With the, with the Colts in the midst of this tailspin, right? They've lost four in a row, seven of their last eight, three games to play. Right now they rank 14 out of 16 teams in the AFC. I mean, I'm just going to throw out some big-picture questions for you guys, and you can you can bite off wherever you want to bite off, and, and you can – go with this wherever you want to go because I, I don't have the answers. I mean, this is really difficult. I mean, how how are the Colts going to handle these last three games? What's the psyche of the team after this heartbreaking loss where you're up 33 to nothing at halftime, you can't close it out, and then how do you ensure guys don't quit, J.J.? Man, those are loaded questions. Yeah, right. Where do you want to go right there? I think you just have to rely on your veteran leadership. Uh, you know, I think about a guy like DeForest Buckner who has been through – a season like this when he was with the San Francisco 49ers a couple of seasons like this early in his career where those 49ers teams you know before uh they, they made the Super Bowl in uh was that 2019 that those were some lean years for the 49ers you got to lean on your veterans who have been through this Stefan Gilmore maybe hasn't been through uh this in a little while but when he was with the Buffalo Bills you know early in his career that they, they didn't have some seasons that went the way they thought so Keep your professional approach to it um, and and make sure that you're still doing everything you can to get ready for game day. And, you know, it's easy. You know, we're going to hear a lot of what you put on film is your resume, no matter what your team's record is. And, you know, these last three games are going to tell us a lot about the guys in that locker room. You're going to hear a lot of that. When it comes to following the example of the veterans, I think that's where this team needs to rely on because this, this is a young team. This team does have a lot of guys who maybe haven't been through this before. <clears throat> you know, if you're drafted in 2020 or 2021 or even 2019, um, you know, the way that season went with the unprecedented uh, start to it with Andrew Luck retiring, you haven't been through a season where you're, you're five games under 500 with three to go. And that can test guys but again i think if you look to the veterans on this team the pros on this team um that's where i think it starts in that locker room i had jeff saturday yesterday back in studio for colts 360 and he talked through a pretty thorough team meeting that they had a pretty extensive team meeting that went for about an hour may to go through all of you know, Saturday um, in every phase, offensive, defensive, special teams. And I think that you're going to find out a lot in regards to whether or not you have the right guys in this locker room and who the right guys are, who is a part of building from this and being galvanized through this adversity and being part of what you're trying to do in the future. And then those who are not part of that mentality I think that these these final few games and I think even going back to the Dallas game you started to see some some of those indications for you know for the coaching staff for the front office as they are evaluating every single element and we knew that would be part of what Jeff Saturday was doing when he came in is bringing a fresh perspective and giving his analysis on who are the right people to be in this building because he's been in this building when things have been good and when you were a part of building something special and when there was this strong culture of winning and so I think that this is a huge assessment I think for every single person of how you conduct yourself through the final you know, I'm going to say yeah. five games of the season because I'm going to say this kind of goes back really to Dallas and mm-hmm. moving forward. And, you know, especially these last two 
fourth quarters that you have incurred. And I, I think that there will be a, a massive debrief and evaluation and examination of every single factor. And yeah. I do think that it'll be about how you respond. How do you take the things that Jeff so thoroughly um assessed and examined in that team meeting how do you take that do you take that as as defeat and that you know everything is out the window or do you take that as being constructive and and how you can be part of something moving forward and how you can advance yourself how you can advance the guys around you it'll be very interesting to see how these next three weeks unfold yeah I I think the psyche and what I'm about to say is probably going to sound like I think guys should be selfish but that's not what I mean I, I think the psyche is that guys know right now they have to play for themselves. They have to play for their futures at this point. I mean, I think Joe Wrights had a really good story last night on Colts Roundtable Live. I mean, when he was in, uh, you know, kind of a young player with the Colts in 2011, right? They were two and 14, horrible season. But he wanted to prove to Jim Irsay and the powers that be that he wanted to be a Colt. Mm-hmm. He wanted mm-hmm. to be, you know, serious about his future in the NFL and that he could be an asset for the team in 2012 with a new head coach and a new regime and a new general manager. I think that's what a lot of these guys are trying to do right now. It just really stinks that this is the position that they're in, but the psyche I think has to be finish out strong for myself. I need to play for myself and my future, but I also need to play for the guy next to me Mm -hmm. who's playing for his future too and try to prove that you belong on this team next season and try to build some some semblance of off-season momentum going into 2023. All right, so let's move on to what to build on. Who are some emerging players the Colts can build around and win with next season? The first guy that I have, J.J. Dio Adengo. Yeah. He's coming on strong these last couple of games. Career-high two sacks the other day on Saturday. Did get that one taunting penalty, so you can't have that. That's a growing you know, tool, something he's going to learn from. But – I think he's getting more reps because of the Taekwon Lewis injury. He's getting more comfortable at the three-tech spot. He's really flashing here lately. Yeah, I mean, he's he's turning into the the guy you thought he was going to be just with the, the way he's able to kind of anchor against the run and get after the passer. I mean, you know, the, the game he had, obviously, against uh, Minnesota was really impressive. But <laughs> Delvin Cook, the, the 64-yard touchdown he had, um, Dio Dangbo almost ran him down. And in the in the end zone, as Dalvin Cook is celebrating, there's Dio Dangbo. I mean, he sprinted 60-something yards downfield trying to get to him. Uh, you, you like that effort. You obviously would have liked if Dalvin Cook got tackled earlier. But if, if you're looking for individual effort that you can be encouraged by, Dio Dangbo over the course of that game, very encouraging. But you're absolutely right, Mate. The last couple of games – Dio has absolutely been coming on, um, you know, going back even to week 11. He had two pressures against the Eagles. He then had three against the Steelers, two against the Cowboys, two against the Vikings. Both those ended in sacks. Um, th- that's Those are good. Those are encouraging. And then, again, the way that he's playing against the run has really fit in with the overall mentality the Colts expect their D linemen to play against the run. So that's when you're thinking about next year and you're thinking about yeah. a versatile defensive lineman, you know, Taekwon will be a free agent after this year. Can you plug mm-hmm. Dio Dangbo into that role? Um, it's and got to factor him, into it, yeah. Right, and, you know, because y- you need D-line rotation, and Dio Dangbo looks like a very effective D-lineman right now who can rotate into the number of spots. And, and right now, Larry, if you're talking about most consistent Colts mm-hmm. through this season to this point, I think in that bucket has to be number 25. Rodney Thomas. Mm-hmm. He has played so consistently this year. It's like we were all hyped up for Nick Cross. Well, Rodney Thomas has been, you know, the most impactful rookie safety of that bunch because he's a seventh round pick out of Yale, notched his second interception of the season, continues to make plays later either as a starter or a big contributor at safety, and mm-hmm. he showed up big time on Saturday with that pickoff of uh, Kirk Cousins. In high-stakes situations, Rodney Thomas finds ways to be there, and I think he just really immerses himself in the guys that he is surrounded by in that secondary, in that room, in the meeting room. I mean, he's immersed in every single bit of it, and I think part of that comes from the fact, you know, you're coming out of Yale, you know, a, a – 
not a, necessarily a smaller school, but an Ivy League school that isn't necessarily known for big-time NFL type of production. You're a later-round pick. You know that you're going to come in and have to have a chip on your shoulder and earn every single thing, and he certainly has. And I saw his parents uh, at the game beforehand, and it was so great to get to see them, and they have just – I was talking to them about what this just whole past year has been like for Rodney, for them. But one of the things is in the conversations with Rodney in the locker room, you can just see how much his confidence has grown because he has proven that he belongs and since he has done that Mm -hmm. he has started to you know he's been consistent but now he's making those big impactful plays like the interception you know in those big situations and to go back to Dio JJ I had a conversation pretty lengthy conversation with him last week in the locker room I was kind of bouncing between Quiddy and Dio and I asked Dio just about the difference that he feels although he was playing at this point last year the difference in coming off of and rehabbing from Mm -hmm. that Achilles injury to where he is now and he said it's night and day he said I was it was healed last year but I was still going through the rehab process and I had to get back on the field because that was the only way to get back into it he said you need a lot of lower body power to play the game and that can be the difference in making a play and I think that's really what you're seeing from Dio uh, at this point in the year and you hope to see that too in these final couple of games I think he's somewhat you know, I don't. I don't want to say benefited from Quiddy's injury, but it has been a little bit. That has yeah. opened some of yeah. the door for him to get out there and get more reps there up front. He's also benefited from having, you know, guys like Buck and Grove up there in the middle that help create opportunities for you. But you know, looking to the guys that you build upon. Uh, as the Mete served up the topic, I think the number one, I mean, there's so many guys you talk about. I think Julian Blackman's been outstanding. I think Grover Stewart is certainly worthy of being in the conversation. Stephon Gilmore, to me, is one of those guys mm-hmm. because this is a team that is in a pivotal, defining time. And you need veteran leadership mm-hmm. like you haven't needed it in a really long time in this locker room. And Stefan is a guy who has been a part of winning teams consistently. He knows what winning franchises look like, and mm-hmm. he brings that experience in here. I think for a lot of the guys, it's awesome to have Grover and Dio and Rodney Thomas, but all they know is this team. Right. It's You really need guys who have been a part of establishing cultures or building upon cultures to impact this locker room moving right. forward. So that's why you look to a guy like Stefan Gilmore, to right. me, to help bring some of those influences, and you take notes from him. To me, whoever the next coach is that comes in, that's got to be one of the first guys you call in. Hey, tell me, you know, what's going well? What do we need to do differently? What can you tell me about what you were a part of, you know, with the Bills or with New England, you know, mm-hmm. different areas. And then also I think Buck is that way. Buck yep. was part of building something in San Francisco. He knows what worked at that point in time and mm-hmm. that he can be a part of establishing and, and you know, building a foundation for this team moving forward. And here's what we know about uh, Stephon Gilmore. He's not going to, you know, stand up at his locker, right? He's, he's not incredibly vocal, at least not with the media, at least not with us. Now, inside that locker room, it might be different, but – what we can say definitively is that Stephon Gilmore is a lead-by-example type of guy, both inside the locker room and, and a on lead the field. And lead-by-play. Like, yeah. you know, right? it's— He's going to step up, and he's going to be there every single day. He's going to be in the weight room. He's going to be eating the right things. He's going to be, you know, sitting in the front row in the meetings. You don't play this long, this well since 2012 with not doing everything right every single day. That's what Stephon Gilmore is still doing despite a 4-9-1 and one team around him. And Stephon Gilmore is still playing at a really high level. Right. He's got 11 pass defense, nine pass breakups, two interceptions this year. He almost he, had a couple more on yeah. Saturday. Jeez. I mean, there's that one, the one touchdown that Jefferson got him on that, like, fake whip route. There's not a single cornerback in the league who could defend that. Like, there not were, a single cornerback in the league also, could guard that. There were some serious communication fallouts uh, in that game also with, with coverage. There were some yeah. conversations on the sidelines. So a lot of that, you know, where you saw some of those plays being made was not necessarily on a single player. It was really on uh, a collapse of communication within right. the secondary. But I think that's a really good point, though, about you need guys who have been outside of this building. Yes. And Gilmore, Gillian Buck are, like, right at the top of that list of these are guys who are under contract next year who have been in situations where the team has not been winning but has been building something. And then they've been in situations where the team has been winning. Both those guys have been to Super Bowls. And that is really important as you're evaluating the rest of this team and you're evaluating the culture of this team right. to get the input of both of those guys. All right, let's go what to build on. Let's go to special teams. 
two names, Chase McLaughlin, going to be a free agent, and Dallas Flowers. Yeah. J.J., remember last year when the Colts couldn't make long kicks or even attempt long uh-huh. kicks? Not so fast, Last my year? You mean week one? Like, I mean. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. Eight makes over 50 yards this season for Chase. Ranks second in the NFL. Has the second most makes over 50 this year. He's made 13 of his last 16 kicks. He's knocked down a 50-yard field goal in four straight games. That's a Colts record. I mean, when he goes out there, to me, that's the test. You're surprised when he misses. That's the good mark of a kicker is when, oh, my gosh, he missed, right? I mean, that that's stability. And he's been a journeyman for his career, but in a league where we all know it's hard to find reliable, consistent kickers, you know, he's, he's definitely made his case in free agency. He's a guy that you might lump into this bucket, J.J., on, on who to build around or, or what to build around for 2023. It's also a pretty good sign as a kicker when you're breaking a franchise record held by Adam Vinatieri. Exactly. Which Chase McLaughlin broke with his eighth field goal of 50 or more yards. Vinny's record was seven. Um, yeah, I mean, absolutely. And, and sometimes, Maytay, this happens with kickers. Like, this, this is why uh, I'm usually against, like, drafting a kicker or giving a kicker a big contract in free agency because sometimes – Guys who have bounced around to, you know, five teams, six teams like Chase McLaughlin have, sometimes they land in a spot and it clicks. And you never quite know when that's going to happen as, like, a talent evaluator. Mm -hmm. But Chase McLaughlin has been a very good kicker for the Colts this year. You absolutely would say, yeah, you could bring him back next year because he's got the leg strength. He's comfortable. I mean, he lives here. He already lived here. You know, his, mm-hmm. his family, he and his wife didn't move from Indianapolis even after right. uh, he left here in 2019. Yeah, he, had, he had three other stops and right. still stayed in Indy. He's comfortable here. He's comfortable with, you know, the coaching staff again. We'll see where that that may go next year. Um, but, that, yeah, I mean, you, you figure you can hang on to this guy and, um, you know, keep him around because you know what you have in him now. And having a known quantity of kicker yeah. is a pretty good Pretty nice thing to have. That man has earned it, no doubt. And again, you're likely to see what we have seen in seasons past where maybe they'll bring in a little competition in training camp. You know, you'll bring in maybe a rookie kicker, an undrafted rookie, or or maybe even, you know, a veteran who can provide a little bit of competition just so you do have a full evaluation. And, you know, that's pretty common. But when I talked to Chase on Monday afternoon, he was saying that he has been such the beneficiary of the consistency, having a guy like Luke Rhodes, having Bubba Mm -hmm. here who was here in his, you know, first tenure here back in 2019 but this is a guy who once he left Indianapolis uh, went to the Vikings the Jags the Jets and the Browns and he was telling me this is going to be the first Christmas that he spends with his family he has his wife he has a 10 month old daughter and then another child on the way this spring he said every other year he's been spending Christmas in hotel rooms because again to your point Mate, he's been this journeyman guy. And yeah. I don't know that there is the a tougher career in all of professional sports than being an NFL, NFL kicker. Here's the other thing with Chase McLaughlin. Um, it's not just that he's making his field goals. He hasn't missed a PAT, and he's averaging 65 yards per kickoff. When when Rigo Sanchez went down, that was a big issue. The Colts right. didn't have someone who they, could, they, they felt could really handle kickoffs. Mm-hmm. Rodrigo Blankenship, remember, in week one, he wasn't released just because he missed that field goal. He hey, had two kicks that went out of hey, bounds. He banged him out of bounds. That's right. right. That's right. And and Chase McLaughlin has come in and has not only been a good field goal kicker, he has been good on kickoffs. That's, an, a, very, that's a very important part of this Colts special teams operation. Yeah. Um, so it, it's kind of the whole package as a kicker that he's brought. All right, how about our guy Dallas Flowers? Yeah, let me talk about him. 175 yards in kickoff returns. The other day, averaged uh, 35 yards per return, had two over 40. So since he took over these duties primarily in the second half against Pittsburgh a couple weeks ago, what was that, week 12, yeah. he leads the NFL in kickoff return yards in that time. He's got three over 45, had the 89-yarder in the second half against the Steelers. And as I said, he's only been doing this the last three games. But if he qualified, if he qualified to rank in kickoff return average, he would rank number one in the NFL. He's averaging 34.1 on the season, and he's playing defense too. He yeah, played, he played cornerback for about. the first time yeah. the other day against the Minnesota Vikings in a pinch. The Colts were down uh, Brandon Faison and Andy Kenny Moore, and he came in. He played well against Justin Jefferson and company. That's what I want to talk about, Mate, because we, we've seen Dallas do the kickoff returns. Um, you know, you saw it in the preseason. He had a 53-yarder 
Uh, you had the, obviously the one against Pittsburgh and now these ones against Minnesota, but pl- actually playing defense. This is the first time Dallas Flowers played defense uh, in an NFL regular season game. And I just kind of figured all right, they're going to go right at him because a lot of teams would say, hey, we have Justin Jefferson, the best receiver in the NFL. We have Adam Thielen, a, a nine-year veteran. And here's this undrafted rookie coming in playing on defense for the first time. We should pick on him. Dallas Flowers didn't get targeted in 18 coverage snaps. Four of those came when he was man-to-man with Justin Jefferson. Two of them came when he was man-to-man with Adam Thielen. And they didn't throw the ball his way. And that wasn't just because, you know, Kirk went through his progressions and, it, you know, played and wasn't designed to go there. There was a fourth and 15 where Dallas was manned up against Stephon Gilmore and he had a little bit of safety help. But fourth and 15 in that situation of the game in the fourth quarter, you figure Kirk Cousins is like, I'm throwing the ball to 18. I don't care. Right, make a play. And Dallas had good coverage on it. Kirk had to get off it because of some pressure. And that was where Dio dropped him. Uh, I think it was like a one-yard scramble technically. as close to being a sack. Mm -hmm. Um, I was really impressed by just how calm and collected he was out there. That those situations, it would have been very easy for an undrafted rookie to have the moment be too big for him. It was not too big for Dallas Flowers, and I loved his approach. We had a chance to catch up with him on Monday, and he said, I went into it thinking, well, everyone expects me to lose and to get beat, so what do I have to lose here? And he, he knew he could do it, and he went out there, and boy, he did it. I, I was really impressed. I I'm interested if he gets more opportunities. You know, Brandon Faison, you'd expect to be back mm-hmm. uh, this week. Maybe the uh, you know maybe there's still some opportunities for Dallas on this defense though going down the stretch. I mean, when he when he has the ball in his hands on a kickoff return, like you're surprised when he doesn't get at least the 35 yard line. And how many times has he taken the ball out from at least five yards yeah, deep in right. the end zone, which is in complete you know contrast to how the Colts approach that. Early in the season. But he's got the green light. Yeah, he does yeah. from Bubba Ventrone. He talked about that last week. He'd say, we, we trust you to go make a play, and that's what he's doing. Even if he does have to make up eight yards in the end zone when he's catching the ball near the back end line, he's still getting upfield and, and providing the Colts with outstanding field position. And, and by the way, just a quick shout-out. Um, JoJo Doman and Grant Stewart have been great blocking mm-hmm. on those kickoff returns. Both those guys have have done a really good job to spring Dallas. He was he was very clear in saying, hey, yeah. my blockers have been really good for me too. Um, those are two guys, two pretty good finds on special teams as well. Yeah. Uh, Doman obviously had the touchdown against Minnesota, but Grant Stewart's been a, a really key special teamer for the Colts this year too. And the Colts had the trifecta for the first time in franchise history. They scored a touchdown on offense, defense, and special teams in the same game. In fact, they did in the first half, first time ever in franchise history. And we looked this up earlier this week. The Colts lead the NFL in blocked punts for touchdowns since 2018. They have four of them in the regular season. In that time, they actually had five because they had one in the playoffs against Kansas City as well. And the Colts are tied for first in the NFL in special teams touchdowns since Bubba Ventrone came over in 2018. They have seven of them tied with New England in that time span. Special teams touchdowns. So the Colts really have a lot to build on in that third phase of the game. Uh, all right, to close out, let's talk about Pro Bowl nods and snubs. It's, it's timely because the Pro Bowl voting is coming out. Uh, I think it's already done, but it, the uh, rosters are going to be announced on Wednesday night on the NFL Network, and there is no game anymore. Now we're going to have – what do we have instead? We have like a skills competition and a flag football game. And the coaches are the Eli game. and Peyton, right? And I'm I'm actually okay with that. You know, I mean, I think we all understand what – uh, the Pro Bowl was and it sort of, you know, fell beneath the mark of just wasn't good, compelling TV. It wasn't great. It wasn't a great game. Even though a lot of people watch it, I think just as many people are going to watch guys having fun and kind of yucking it up in a skills competition and playing a flag football game. So that's all going to take place on February 5th. But you will still have players earning the designation and the honor of making the Pro Bowl. So how many Pro Bowl players are going to be on this Colts team layer right now, and who are they? For me, I got Stephon Gilmore in the running, and I've got Buckner. Outside of that, I don't know who else you would put in there in terms of definitively going to make the Pro Bowl. Grover Stewart, Zaire Franklin, I think they might be in that snub category. We'll talk about that. But, Lara, who do you have? Who do you feel confident in 
for the Colts making the, the Pro Bowl? Oh, man, that's tough. I, I think you're right. I, I do think Buck will probably get in there. He's one of those who's so established at the position uh, that I think he has a lot of name recognition across the league. Uh, would love for Gilly as well. I think Grover is more than deserving. If Grover doesn't get in, I think that this entire locker room might, you know, explode, yeah. you know, and uh, call foul on that because he is certainly more than deserving of that. I'm, you know, curious, although it has been um, a year in which he hasn't been up to the level uh, that he has played in previous seasons, I do think that the name recognition and the notoriety of a Quentin Nelson yep. could mm-hmm. get him in there as well. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's an unusual year because right. you think about last year it was seven turned eight pro bowlers, right? It was for the uh, seven, yeah. seven total but pro then, bowlers. But yeah. then Ashton was added in, correct? I don't remember that. if he actually I think was added in or not. I think the final number okay. was yeah. seven. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So he should have been. I, I think that there really it's a year where there are no guarantees. Unfortunately, yeah. I think when you look at the group, that's that's the thing. Is and when it's you're, such a popularity contest right. too. Yeah. Between well, and, and the fans you, and the players, it's it, it, a lot of it is name recognition. And so I don't mean to interrupt you, JJ, but that's why I don't feel confident. Although they're very deserving, I just don't think this is going to be the year for Zaire Franklin and Grover Stewart because they're really breaking out for the first time. I mean, look, when you're four nine and one, yeah, that's part uh, of it too. That's that's the biggest thing is you're you're four nine and one, and you have not played well on national TV. Those are two mm-hmm. two pretty significant factors. I agree because usually you know guys get their Pro Bowl moments when you're on Monday Night Football or Sunday Night Football or you know in these you know national windows. And the Colts have had three of them leading into the you know, the, the Pro Bowl announcement, and they lost to the Steelers. They got embarrassed by the Cowboys in the fourth quarter, and they gave up the biggest lead in NFL history against the Vikings. Those three factors are probably going to mean that a deserving Pro Bowler or two will not be going to Las Vegas for the Colts, whether it's DeForest or Gilly or Zaire, who's fourth in the NFL in tackles right now, right. or Grover, who's, you know, one of the best defensive tackles in the NFL. But those guys, are they might get overshadowed by – you know, a D tackle who's having a really good year, but is on the Eagles. Yeah, like Chris Chris you know, Jones right. or Quinn and Williams, right. Jeffrey yeah, Simmons. Right. You know, one, you know those guys. Um, you just mentioned three AFC defensive tackles, which <laughs> that doesn't bode super well for Grove and Buck. That's what I'm saying. Uh, right. You know, and and those guys are all on on winning teams. Yeah. And teams on good that teams. are in the playoffs yeah, right, right now or in, in contention. Right. right. And and that's the thing. I mean, we've seen this before. I mean, Kenny Moore was snubbed for the Pro Bowl well before he actually made it last year. I mean, Darius Leonard or Shaquille Leonard, he was Darius at the time in 2018 when he was a rookie, but he got snubbed for the Pro Bowl and he was like leading the NFL in tackles at the time. I mean, so it, it does happen. It can happen. It will continue to happen because there is a fan element. There is a player element. And I'm not saying guys don't take their time to you know do their research, but there is a lot to do with name recognition. And unfortunately, you know, the Colts are 4-9-1, and one, and to J.J.'s point, they haven't performed great on national TV in primetime. You know, I just don't think nationally Grover Stewart is a household name. Even though they're playing great this year for the Colts, and we certainly know them and appreciate them, um, I just don't know if it's it's going to happen this year for those guys. All right, that's a look at the Colts here, 4-9-1, and one, guys. Um, to close out, any other Thoughts on on that game in Minnesota before we go to the random thought of the week, which is Christmas themed this week. Larry, any parting shots on Colts and Vikings? Um, you know, the only thing was uh, it was fun to see so many of the you know national media and the presence that was there yep. uh, with having the Saturday and Sunday games. Uh, NFL Network had a big set of Jamie Erdl was hosting, who's mm-hmm. you know been a guest uh, on the podcast, and ran into Lindsay Zarniak, who is incredible, and she was on the sidelines and had great things to say about the podcast. It was so nice, and then my guy D'Angelo Hall uh, was hanging out with him on the sidelines as well. Had a really fun time catching up with him and just kind of you know debriefing um on the game uh, there on the sidelines because he was here in training camp with nfl network so really great to catch up with him so it was cool yeah. to see how much of a presence there were as re- around it yeah. which was the first game of the weekend that really is one of my favorite nfl weekends of the year with yeah the, with the triple header on <laughs> yes. saturday i mean that that bill's 
uh, Miami game, game wow. on Saturday night. Getting game. home and watching the second half of, of yep. that game on television, that, that's just cool, man. Yeah. Just when they, really when, cool. When they started, when they played Let It Snow with the two-minute <laughs> warning awesome. in Buffalo, that was awesome. Yeah. Also, that was, that was good great. to see Naeem Hines with a, yeah, with a the touchdown. touchdown and the yeah. backflip yeah. and the snow. Yep. <laughs> good stuff. Also, Bills fans have to be as hardy as they come. I know we, we've given props to the Minnesota yes, experience. great fan base. My goodness, did you see people were standing on the packed snow? <laughs> Yeah, you know, and then they all had it was like uh, built-in coolers. They had just like packed mm-hmm. their beers into yeah. the snow in the stands. Yeah. They were throwing snowballs. They actually threatened the refs had yep. to threaten the fans for not throwing any more snowballs. They were going to yeah. start penalizing the Bills. <laughs> that's, Hilarious. That's so lame. Come on. By the that's way, so lame. Just real quick. Shout out to the Miami Dolphins because remember where they play in Miami <laughs> and they went up to Buffalo and almost won Wait, that game. But Mike snow- McDaniel was taunting that week by wearing a shirt that said, I wish it were colder at practice. <laughs> and then Josh Allen references it in the yeah, postgame yeah. presser. I love that sign in the crowd, love, too, that said, freeze the fish. That I love, was epic. I that love was the good. pettiness. Like, it's oh, yeah. fantastic. That's great. That great. All right. Well, hey, random thought to close out. We're done talking Colts. This is our last podcast before the holidays, before Christmas. Random thought of the week. JJ, I know you've got a good one, so we'll kind of go dual random thoughts this week. Here's my random thought. This popped in getting ready for a secret Santa. I was wrapping up my daughter's present for her secret Santa at her school. So if you guys could be a secret Santa with anybody in the world, either uh, living or deceased, anybody that you know or anybody that you would want to meet, doesn't matter. If you could be a secret Santa with anybody, Lara, who would it be, and what would you get them? Wait, hold on. I have I have questions here. Is okay. this as I'm receiving from them, or I'm purchasing for them, or both? Um, let's like, just say, for argument's sake, that you are theirs and they are for, yours. Oh, I'm going to need a minute. If JJ has something prepared, because I didn't look ahead. I usually don't look ahead the random thought of the week, because I like to just go. Oh, that's a juicy person. one. Right, yeah. And that's a so, juicy one. Yeah, I, I also usually don't look ahead to the random thought of the week. Oh, no. Uh, because I like the same thing. I, I like I like I, the snap the spontaneity. Yeah, so yeah. This first, is a, this is a deep thoughter. So I, my, I, my I appreciate first, that. My first thought of who would I love to exchange gifts with right now at this exact moment? Argentina national team's keeper Emmy <laughs> Martinez, who is the he's one of like the the performance he put on in the World Cup final. I don't know if you guys watched it. It was one of the best games of sports I have ever seen. So this is this is you want to buy that guy a beer. And I want him I want him to send me a gift. Because <laughs> he then That guy was obnoxious in that final. It was great. He's the Brits have a word for it. It's called he was uh, great. S curse word housery, what he did. And he did it at such a great level in the penalty shootout. But then he won the like keeper award for like best goalkeeper in the World Cup. And he gets he gets it. It's the the trophy is just a hand. And he gets it, and he's looking at it. He's looking at the hand, and the wheels are turning in his head of, like, should I do it, should I do it, should I do it? And then he puts the hand down to his crotch and goes, like, ah, oh, like no. that. And it was one of the funniest things it's I've ever seen. One of the most insufferable pe- pe- people that I have watched. I think he would send me a really funny gift. Oh, oh my God. Man. I, I don't know. I was, how, I was, how, was, how was the best goalkeeper in the World Cup not the winning goalkeeper every year? Well, like Tim Howard should have won it uh, eight years ago when he had 15 saves against Belgium for the U.S. It's always got to be the goalie that gives up the fewest goals, okay, which like, is the can, winning team. You can say this like, oh, what well, the, right? the NFL MVP is just the best quarterback on the best team. Like it, that's how most well, I just of think like work. mathematically, it should always go to the guy that nothing makes gives sense up in soccer anyway. Yeah, so. I know. I'm just I'm just poking the bear that is JJ with his World <laughs> Cup because he yeah. knows I know nothing. I yeah. do not care about soccer, and so I'm poking the bear right now. I apologize. There are more people who watched the World Cup, by the way. More minutes of the World Cup were watched before the semifinals that were, wa- that were well, watched in global, all of March Madness. No, a in the United event, States. Event, in, okay, in the United States, more people watched the World Cup before the semifinals well, only than happens, watched the entirety of it March It only Madness. happens every four years. March Madness happens every four years. So if you combine four years of March Madness, Listen, it would probably. Let, let me rephrase. Right? I, I, I appreciate soccer. I, I, oh. I appreciate oh. the World I don't. Cup, but I I do I do <laughs> get not on, have... get on board. It's going to be the third most popular sport in America in about four years. <laughs> oh, I mean, you isn't know, that what they say? Like the last twelve fine. World Cups. Yeah, I've been hearing that for twelve years. I yeah. think about soccer taking over basketball in terms of popularity. Okay, so I have my answer, and I thought this is what I was going to go with, but I just had to. I had needed a moment to digest. Okay. So, Mackenzie Scott, who is the ex-wife of Jeff Bezos. 
Oh, she has. Oh, this is good. she's got some dough. She has contributed fourteen billion dollars to different nonprofits and charities all over the world. Okay, this is. I mean, she's the third richest, third wealthiest woman in the world, and she spends billions upon billions and puts a very strong emphasis on giving back and her philanthropic initiatives. So that's who I'm going with for the uh, secret wow. sa- secret Santa. You're gonna get something good. Well, and then also the thing is too, she doesn't want anything. She would just be like, just donate to something, pick a cause mm-hmm. to donate. I to. appreciate so that's, you, Secret so, Santa. Right. So that's what I would do. Is you know, I would in turn yeah. donate to very worthy causes, especially those yeah. you know that are on a very you know or granular, granular, organic kind of grassroots level, smaller organizations where the money would go very right. far. But yeah, that's 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 See, mine. That's what I would do. Mine's in the same spirit. I, I want to give. This is going to sound sappy, but I want to be. Secret Santa's with the principal at my daughter's school, Aww. Principal Amy, because she li- she does principal it all. Amy. Aww, she works, she works, she works, she does everything. I mean, she runs the freaking school. She knows every parent. She knows every kid. She runs the fundraisers, does all the events. I mean, she's front and center every single day in the parking lot line for drop-off and pick-up. I mean, she never misses a day, so I can only imagine you know, how much time she spends on, on nights and weekends and I mean, literally nothing slips through the cracks with her. So I, I, w- I just want to get her a day off if I could. <laughs> that's uh, awesome. as a secret Santa. Yeah. Here's your vacation day. Give her one of my vacation days so she can just sleep in. That's like like you would go in and be principal for a day to give Principal Amy the day off. Oh, like, that would be something, you, wouldn't it? Did you ever have, but hey, did you ever have that pa- in elementary Papa school? John's. <laughs> Papa John's. You're did, up for lunch today. Didn't you have that though, where it was a big reward? Yeah, right. You would have like you got to be principal for the day yep. if yeah. you you know achieved certain things. Like I just remember that. Was always a big career deal. day you know yeah. who, who got to be the uh, the principal at career day yeah when everybody took over the school jj you also have a great do. rando and, and this this isn't actually from me but this is a debate <laughs> we're having in our little content area so i'm going to give a shout out to one of our graphic designers aaron balderson she brought this up in the spirit of the duke's mayo bowl where <laughs> both head coaches have agreed to oh if they God. win the game they are going to get a mayo bath oh after the God. game who's in the bowl what is i don't know who cares okay it's what is the worst condiment that you could, or condiment or dip, excuse me, that you could have <laughs> dumped on your head after winning a football game? The worst condiment or the oh. best condiment? Wow. Oh, I've got it. I've got it. St. Elmo's cocktail sauce, because when that gets in your crevices, oh, uh, that's going to burn yeah, your eyes. Yeah. Your, you know what I yeah, mean? Like, it's going to, like, yeah, that's, I love it. Like, I love consuming it, you know, via oh, my God. shrimp. Get that in your eyes. But, oh, but to no. be dumped, dumped upon you. Yeah. You know, and then I don't know if it starts seeping down into places, yeah, you know, because right. that stuff goes everywhere. Mine so, would be maple syrup. Oh, because even yeah. Because even if you have pancakes at breakfast, Ooh. like you get a little yep. maple uh, syrup on your hands or yep. like if it drips on your, your arms or on your clothes, you're it's it's over. Like <laughs> just, you're just, it, you're, you're sticky today. Guess what? You're sticky. We watched Wedding just Crashers. Just might as well just go take a shower. We watched Wedding Crashers the other day. It just reminds me we're in Vince Vaughn's. Like I know everything there is to about maple yeah. syrup. Sometimes I put it in my hair. Put it in my hair. You know, do a little in my hair. I'm going to fill you up with the sacrament. You're in light and cat, Father. Mine would be maple syrup. That's a good one. Mine would be uh, A1 steak sauce because I think that stuff is gross. <laughs> oh, I love A1. Uh, I hate it. Do hate you it. think, do you tangent, but do you, when you go to a steakhouse and you order or ask for an one, is we, that is that being disrespectful yes, to the chef get, and the if, cook? Yes. If you go to a steakhouse and you ask for A1, that means you didn't See, cook the steak I properly. Disagree. I, I wholly don't trust disagree you. on this. I, we were just, weren't we having this I conversation, Mate? You I think and I, I were agree just with a couple JJ, weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, no. It doesn't. Okay, just because you order a one, that doesn't mean you're putting it on the steak. I like to dump a one sauce on a baked potato. I love a steak and baked potato, and okay. I'll eat the steak. Okay. And so you shouldn't. It shouldn't be offensive because that doesn't necessarily mean it's going on the steak. Maybe I want to put it on some other things. Okay, Maybe I want to I think dump need, my bread in it. I think you need to specify. <laughs> I, wa- I would like some A1, but it is not for the steak that I am ordering. <laughs> I'm not being disrespectful, right. sir. Like, your steak is adequate. Right. And, like, you know, some people, you know the deal. Like Patrick Mahomes, you know the deal. If he, if he shows up at your steakhouse, you're like, I'm going to brick this steak and here's some ketchup. But <laughs> what, what, is that how he eats his steak? Yeah. Yeah. He loves ketchup on yeah. steak. Yeah. Yeah. True oh, story. Oh, I need a minute. True story. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Just completely yeah. ruin your steak. Like, just instead. Just order about, chicken fingers. Here's some ground beef and some bread, and oh, yeah, here's a burger. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. that's very, very strange. I know. Yeah. For someone who's such an elite athlete and such a, you know, <laughs> 
cool dude. Uh, yeah. Catch I'm going to be processing, nobody's perfect. Nobody's I'm gonna be perfect. processing this right. for a yeah. really long time, and now I want a baked potato. The, yeah. other part, the other part of this random thought was you have to name the bowl game. So, Lara, it sounds like yours would be the St. Elmo's Indianapolis Bowl. Or the Hoosier Bowl. The St. Elmo's Hoosier Bowl. Okay. Uh, Mayte. Yeah. Mine, mine would be the high viscosity maple syrup <laughs> takes an hour to drip on the, your head bowl, uh, you know, sweepstakes. The, I don't the know. Toronto high viscosity bowl. <laughs> yeah. The Canadian maple syrup will not touch your head for an hour and a half bowl. Oh, you know would, what, though? You could have a great trophy with that because it could be kind of like a tap, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> they could, and like I like six tr- uneaten pancakes I, I'm next I'm all to it. for a trophy that you can somehow drink out of, you know? <laughs> yeah, shocker. Like, well, yeah, like the Stanley Cup, like, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. like all about that. The victory bell. You can't drink out yeah. of that FIFA thing. Uh, JJ, I like that one. Who who came up with that, you Aaron said? Aaron Balderson, one of our graphic designers. Well done, Aaron. Appreciate that. Lara, what do you got on 360 this week on television before we close out? Oh, we got a couple of great things including a conversation with chase mclaughlin and then also uh this week a really special event that you will not want to miss the colts are caroling with kids at riley hospital for children this is an event that was an annual affair it's had to go on hold for a few years because of covid protocols and all of things but players are spending their day off uh, spreading cheer, singing carols, delivering gifts and smiles to some kids who are spending the holidays, just trying to heal, trying to get well at Riley. So that's always a really special day. Indeed, indeed. JJ, what are you writing about going into Monday night football post-Christmas? So actually I'm going to take something Lara did last week <laughs> while I was out. Lara had a, a chat with Desmond Patman about Mike Leach and remembering uh, the the late, great Mike Leach. So. Mm-hmm. I'll write, write up uh, her conversation with Des on the website and uh, looking forward to sharing that with everyone. All right, good stuff. Guys, this is our last podcast before Christmas. Have a great holiday. I hope it's magical. JJ and Lara, I hope Santa brings you everything that you want. And Lara, enjoy your your serenity. <laughs> Thank you. Whenever, Thank you very Whenever much. and wherever that comes. I, I will. I hope I'll you find your you peace. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you find your peace. I hope you find whatever you're looking for. I'll be, I'll be sitting there uh, trying to drum up some random thoughts for next week's pod. Please, ahead of yeah. the year. please, please. We need them. All right, JJ, Lair, I'm Matt Taylor. This has been the official Colts podcast. We will talk to you next week after the Colts take on the Chargers on Monday Night Football, the day after Christmas. Thanks for joining in. Happy holidays, everybody. We'll talk to you soon.